0: Be seated i'm afraid of everything like literally everything I, I pick with holly that i'm slowly turning into howard hughes i mean it's kind of kind of frightening actually uh i don't like heights i'm not a, not a fan of heights we we uh we went yesterday to an amusement park in baton rouge that we promised the kids would go to earlier this summer and uh I'm not as young as I used to be. I used to love a roller coaster. Not anymore. It was not a, my daughter needs to know how much I love her because that was not pleasant for me yesterday. So I'm not a fan of heights. I take literally Genesis 3 where it says that God says to the serpent, I will put enmity between you, her offspring and your offspring. I hate snakes. Hate's a strong word. I hate snakes. Don't like them. I just, I'll run like a coward when I see a snake. Don't like needles. When I was in the Delta, I had a member of my church who worked for the health department. And she would, it was one of my little bitty churches. She would line up the entire church after service one Sunday and give us all our flu shots. I'd always say, Mandy, I don't have my wallet with me. And she'd always reply, don't worry, Andy, this one's on me. She just like she knew how much. I hated needles, and she just like give me a shot. So, but all of those fears are more like ha ha. That's funny. My joke used to be my greatest fear in life is being on a tall building, being chased by a snake with a needle. I mean that's, you know. So, but those those are more funny. But I am legitimately afraid of water. I don't I don't do water. I don't do swimming. I don't do water parks. My joke is the reason why I'm, ba- I'm Methodist is I'm afraid of all the water the Baptists use. I mean, I just, I don't, I don't, I have a fee, I have, I was in a boating accident, well, canoeing accident when I was in college, and I'm, I'm done. I'm done with water. It's something that I just, I don't, I don't like water. And so, if you ever invite me to your house for a swing party, Holly and the kids will come, and I will watch. I don't mind being the guy to watch the purse. I'm perfectly content with my lot in life. Um, fear is an interesting thing, isn't it? Fear makes us act in peculiar ways. Fear does interesting things to us in how we act towards people, how we act towards situations, how we act towards different things. And so many people I've learned in my life that act in ways that we might not like. In many times, are acting out of fear. Many times they're acting out of fear. Fear is fear is a dangerous thing, and we're all afraid of something. Every last one of us has something that, at the end of the day, we're afraid of. And fear has so many so many places it comes from. I found in my life, fear has too many has two main birth stories, if you will. One is something happened that kind of messed with us, that kind of scarred us, that kind of left us afraid of that thing. So I don't like water because of a canoeing thing at the Okotoma when I was in college. My reason for not liking water is is basically comes from that event. Ever since then, I am afraid of water. Okay, so sometimes our fear comes from an experience that was bad. Sometimes our fear comes from something that messed with us, that caused us harm or caused us worry or caused us pain. Quite often, that's where fear comes from. But the other fear might not come from that experience. That other fear might come from the understanding that we are staring something in the face that is bigger than us. I have never been attacked by a bear. But I'm guessing if I'm walking—oh, I am walking Well, i do not like the outdoors either because I don't like bears. I, see, I'm afraid of the outside. Um, my kids want to go— You know, my kid, like Holly wants to go on a cruise, and my response is always, "Ah, you go have a great time. I'll be waiting. Uh, So uh, kids want to go hiking. I'm like, that's fine, but when the bear attacks you, don't get mad because you're in his living room. You know, just saying, you're on his turf, so don't be, you know. Uh, So I'm not afraid of a, uh, so I've never had an encounter with a bear, but my gut feeling is if I ever do, I'm going to be a little worried because I'm going to be aware, whoa. I'm a big boy, but that bear is bigger than me. So this will not end well if we fight. Sometimes our fear comes from an experience, but sometimes our fear comes from dealing with something bigger than us. No matter how big you may be, cancer is something that is bigger than us. No matter how big you may be, death is something that is bigger than us. There are things we face in our life, even if we haven't yet encountered them. We know intellectually, we know emotionally, they are bigger than us. And that can cause us fear. In our text today, we see two examples of fear. First we see Jesus feeding the multitude. Um, we don't really see the fear named, but when Jesus sits de- says, "Okay, everybody sit down?" he says, and they said, "Lord, what are we to do what are we going to do here?" He says, "What are we going to do?" And the Lord said, "Well, you feed them. Wait, what? Wait, us, feed them, Lord, that would take." More than six months' wages for us to feed them. Has the Lord been outside in the sun too much? I mean, we can't feed them. We don't have the money, the ability, the resources. We can't feed them, Lord. You want us to feed them? But notice what it says. We're going to get back to this in one second. It says, he said this to test them. Because he knew what he was going to do. So it says, You feed them. And when they are confronted with the fact that they've got to feed over 5,000 people, and all they've got is five loaves and two fish, okay, that's bigger than them. Because a crowd of 5,000 starts rioting, a crowd of 5,000 starts trouble, you're going to lose. They were facing a burden or a challenge that was bigger than them. And that can produce immense fear in you when you face something that's bigger than you. The second example of fear in the text is that night. It says they're, 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 they're going back across the Sea of Galilee to Capernaum. Capernaum was kind of their home base of operations. That's where the disciples kind of based most of their ministry out of, of that town there on the sea. So they were rowing back from, and by the way, the Sea of Galilee. Sam Morris can back this up. The Sea of Galilee, if it was a Mississippi, it would be called a lake. I mean, it's not that big. Um, so, but, there's, but it was really prone to have storms blow up. It was not at all uncommon to start going across the lake, and then boom, have a storm come up. And these guys got afraid because they were in the middle of a storm. They were rowing, and it was hard. And these are fishermen, y'all. Fishermen are used to the lake. They're used to storms. They're used to troubles. That's, it's not at all uncommon for them to be afraid. I mean, it's not all uncommon for them to be on the lake and have a storm blow up. That was just a typical experience for them. But yet, here they are on the lake rowing across and they're afraid but if you go back and read the text it isn't the storm that they're afraid of there are times in scripture there's one time in scripture when they're on a lake and the storm blows up and Jesus is asleep and they say Lord do you not care do you you not care if we drowned that time the storm scared them but this time it wasn't the storm that scared them. They were on the lake. They were rowing. And Jesus comes walking towards them. They were terrified because they saw the bigness of God. They saw that Jesus Christ is not like them. As we said in the Nicene Creed, he was fully God. And fully human. They, they, they encountered the vastness and the bigness and the otherness of who God is. One of my favorite stories in all the Bible is in Isaiah chapter 6, when Isaiah is in the temple worshiping God. And the text says that he's in the temple worshiping God, which in that context meant you didn't just go into the temple like you or i couldn't just walk in there you literally had to be holy you had to be pure you had to have been sanctified you've had to do all these things to enter into the temple well isaiah is in the holy of holies ministering to god and it says the lord appeared and isaiah's first response is woe is me for i'm a man of unclean lips now live amongst the people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the Lord God of hosts. So Isaiah, who is holy, because you couldn't be in the temple without being holy, Isaiah is holy, and he sees God. And his first reaction is, "Whoa, okay, that's that's bigger than me. That's other. That's bigger than that's bigger than I am." And the first re- response he had was fear. Today we see the disciples in the boat and they see Jesus walking on the water and their first reaction is, whoa. Whoa. Jesus asked them to feed the multitude to test them. You ever wonder why God tests us? Ever wonder why God has us go through tests? My thought used to be, well, God tests us to see how faithful we are. The test is so that God can see if we're going to pass or fail. That's what I always kind of thought. But think about that for a minute. To say that the testing is for God's benefit is to say that God doesn't know what we're going to do. One of my friends in Pedal used to always say, God's not surprised by any of this. I mean, God's not in heaven going, whoa, a- I, Andy, I didn't expect you to do that. You're so smart. God knows what we're gonna do, y'all. God knows what's gonna happen. God is aware of all of this. God sees and understands on a different plane than we see or understand. So we often think that the testing is for God's benefit. Well, that's simply not true. God knows what we're going to do. God knows what we're going to decide. God knows what path we're going to go down. The testing is not for our benefit. Well, then why are we tested? If the testing is not for our benefit, then who is the testing for? Perhaps the testing is not for God's benefit But it's for our benefit. Perhaps the testing is not so that God can see what he has in us, but perhaps the testing is so that we can see what we have in God. Perhaps we're tested so that we can see just how big God is. Perhaps we're tested to see that a multitude of 5,000 that's hungry is nothing compared to the all-sufficient power of God. Perhaps we're tested to see, so that we can see that the stormy wind is nothing compared to the sovereign hand of God. Perhaps we go through the trials and the testing and the worry and the doubt, not for God's benefit So that God can see which way we're going to go. But perhaps we go through these things for our benefit. So that we can see just how big God is. So that we can see just how powerful God is. So that we can see just how great God is. Perhaps, perhaps God wanted the disciples to know that he could feed the 5,000. And perhaps God wanted the disciples to know that he could walk on water because By the way, as awesome as the 5,000 in the water is, that's nothing compared to being raised from the dead. Perhaps he was getting them ready for something bigger to come. Perhaps he was getting in their mind just how big he is, so that when he really does something amazing, something their minds can't fathom, something they can't understand, they can know just how big God is. So that, yes, the storm may be big, but God's bigger. And the trial may be big, but God's bigger. And the, tri- and, and the tragedy and the loss and the pain and the worry and the doubt may be big, but God is bigger. Perhaps our testing is not so that we can see if we're faithful or not. But perhaps our testing is that we can see that God is faithful so no matter what the trial you face this morning i don't know one things i learned as a pastor see i think it was lewis said this be kind to everyone you meet for everyone is facing a tremendous battle You have no idea what the person sitting next to you on the pew is going through right now. You have no idea. We're all facing some battle. We're all facing some test. We're all facing some trial. We're all facing some worry. And here's the truth, y'all God's bigger. God's stronger, God's more mighty, and God's more powerful than whatever it is that you face. The testing is not for our benefit. The testing is not for God's benefit. It's for ours. It's so that we can know just how great our God is. That's why we're told over and over again in Scripture do not be afraid, do not be fear, do not fear, because I am with you. I will never leave nor forsake you no matter what. No matter what the trial you face this morning, I promise you, friends, I promise you, God is is bigger. Do not be afraid. For he is good. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the power you show so often and in so many ways, Father. May we learn to trust even in the tough times, even in the trials, even in the worries, even in the fears. May we learn just how big you are how great you are, how mighty you are, and may we trust all the more. We love you. We ask it in your sweet and holy name. Amen.